Good morning and welcome to our worship for Sunday the 1st of November 2020. Next Sunday is Remembrance Sunday and although it will not quite be the same this year we will be incorporating a short act of remembrance. If you plan on joining us at church next week please remember that our Remembrance service starts a little earlier at the time of 10.45am. I always think after the clocks go back Christmas is never far away and this week we're launching our Christmas turkey appeal again for Storehouse. The idea is that you can contribute £10 to the cost of a turkey for a family at Christmas. Rosemary Simpson is collecting the donations so please if you are contributing give your cash or cheques made payable to McCracken Memorial Presbyterian Church in an envelope marked Christmas Turkey Appeal just so that it doesn't get confused with the free will offering uh, envelopes. Let us now come and worship God and we begin this morning with our prayer. Let's pray. Living God, this is a day of blessedness when we take the opportunity to come together to give thanks for your goodness and grace. This is a day when we pause to take note, to see and know what's around us and to give thanks for your many blessings. We are blessed with life, the living, breathing life, which is your gift to us. We are blessed with creation, the beauty and wonder of which is beyond our comprehension. We are blessed with love, the ability to give love, the joy of receiving it. We are blessed with the church, with the community of God's faithful people with whom we are bound and in which we have our place. We are blessed with the gospel, with the salvation won for us by your Son, Jesus Christ. Living God, we are richly blessed. We confess to you, Lord, that there are so many things that we just take for granted. Recently, we've become so much more appreciative of all of those simple things like being together, like going to church as normal, like singing your praises, like our health and those who care for us, those who provide the essential services that we need from day to day. Forgive us for taking all of these things and people for granted. We confess that we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought, word and deed. But we are blessed again when we can confess our failings and hear your words of love. Arise, sinner, and sin no more. Lord, cast your cloak of blessedness around us once again, that we may be drawn closer to you in the warmth of your Spirit. In these dark days, shine your light upon us. Restore our soul, as we know our blessedness in you is deep and secure. These prayers we bring to you in and through the name of Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Amen. Our Bible reading today is taken from the Gospel of Luke, and we're reading Luke chapter 19 and verses 1 through to 30. 
Luke chapter 19 and verses 1 through to 30. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because of this man, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. And may God bless to us this reading of his word. Today I'm starting a new series that's going to bring us up to the start of Advent, looking at a matter that I'm sure you've heard mentioned a lot recently, that of mental health. It's always an important issue for all of us, but perhaps especially now, as the clocks have gone back and the weather changes, and as we navigate the uncertainty of the months ahead, it's just as important that we look after our emotional health and well-being as it is that we attend to our physical well-being through things like diet and, and exercise. But how do we look after our mental health? How can we better look after one another? Mental health affects how we think and feel about ourselves and others, how we interpret events, how we learn, how we cope with life events, and how we develop and sustain relationships. I'd be the first to admit that I'm not very well qualified to talk about this, and that in itself can often be one of the reasons that we tend to keep silent about this issue. Um, but to help me, and I'll be learning as we go as well, to help me, I'll be following a little series called Lifting the Lid that prompts us just to touch upon certain issues around mental health, and particularly the link between faith and mental health. Now, we don't have a lot of time in a short service on Sunday to do that, um, so it may be hard to do it justice, but hopefully uh, looking at some well-known Bible stories will, will help to begin to take the lid of this area, informing us and letting a little light in. The story that we're beginning with today is that of Zacchaeus. And you might be saying, well, come on, that's stretching it a little bit. Where are the mental health issues in the story of Jesus' encounter with Zacchaeus? Well, yes, as far as we know, Zacchaeus didn't appear to have any mental health issues. Um, but he definitely was someone who knew all about stigma. 
And when we come to think about matters of mental health, stigma is one of the first things that we come up against. And that's why we're beginning this little series by reflecting upon how Jesus didn't let stigma get in the way of valuing the people that he met along the way. Let's look at the stigma that surrounded Zacchaeus. It's really quite obvious from the story. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. Even today, tax collectors are disliked. Nobody dreams when they're small of being a tax collector. To the extent that people doing this job have largely been replaced now by computers or artificial intelligence and self-assessment forms. But in Zacchaeus's day, it was quite something else because the taxes that were collected were for the Romans. But they didn't want to do it either. So they adopted the clever tactic of employing local people, Jews, to collect these taxes from their Jewish neighbours, meaning that a tax collector in those days carried with them the added stigma of being a collaborator, a traitor. And Zacchaeus, we're told, was not just a tax collector, but was the, the boss of all of these tax collectors, collaborators. And we're also given some additional information. We know that he was labelled a, a sinner, uh, perhaps a cheat as well. Those were some of the negative labels that, that Zacchaeus carried. And that would have pushed him to the margins of his community. This is a man that would normally have avoided crowds. Now he finds himself in a crowd of faithful Israelites. I wonder, did he hear someone in the crowd mutter, there's Zacchaeus, he's working with the enemy. This may not have been a good place for Zacchaeus to be. But the Gospel also tells us that Zacchaeus wants to see Jesus. Now Zacchaeus may have merited some of the stigma that was attached to him. But the stigma of mental illness is different from that of Zacchaeus. It's something that is mostly unwarranted. It's very often based upon assumptions that are not true or misinformed. Sometimes false assumptions that are reinforced by popular culture. Assumptions nevertheless that if unchallenged come to be believed both by the crowd and at times by those suffering from mental illness themselves. For example, the assumption that mental health problems are very rare, that they're on the fringes of society, when in fact one in four people will experience a mental health problem in any given year. 25% of adults will suffer from a diagnosable mental health condition at some point in their life. And that's a normal times. This is not a minority issue. Then there's the mistaken idea that people with mental health problems are doomed to live wasted and unproductive lives. That they can't contribute to the life of the church or the community. We have a sense of spiritual hopelessness about mental illness that we don't have about other treatable conditions, even when those conditions are very serious. But God has a purpose for everyone. And though mental illness may alter the course of a person's life, it doesn't mean that that person's life is not valuable anymore. 
And then there's the myths that, that people with mental health problems are usually violent or unpredictable. Whereas the reality is that they're more no more prone to, to violence or crime than, than the general population. In fact, they're more likely to be vulnerable to violence and crime. And this stigma surrounding mental health uh, doesn't help. And sadly, there can be an added stigma in the church environment. But there's often an underlying assumption that true Christians, a real Christian, by definition, shouldn't suffer from these kind of problems. Shouldn't get depressed, shouldn't get anxious. How can you be a real Christian and not experience the continual joy and peace of the Spirit? And it's true that this kind of stigma can sometimes lead Christians into false feelings of spiritual guilt and failure, which just makes matters worse. One thing I can say is that being a Christian does not make you immune to mental health problems. In all the wide variety of disorders that, that can affect our minds, just like physical injuries and, and diseases, mental health issues can affect anyone. There were all kinds of people in the Bible, people who were, were greatly used by God, who today might be described as mentally unwell at that point. We'll be looking at some of those people in coming weeks. But getting back to our story and Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was eager to see the one whose preaching was changing lives. He wanted to see Jesus. But he can't see Jesus because we're told he was short and couldn't see above the crowd. Do you remember that feeling when you were small and maybe at a parade or trying to see over a wall what everybody else was seeing and you couldn't and your daddy lifts you up on his shoulders and suddenly you can see everything. There was nobody in this crowd who was going to help Zacchaeus to see what was going on. Nobody who was going to part for him to move forward to the front. And So he ran ahead of the crowd to a tree and climbed up it where he could rise above this crowd in their opinions and see Jesus for himself. Sometimes if you're going to see Jesus, see yourself honestly. If you're going to serve him, you need to get above those crowds to rise above their level. And just look at how Jesus responds to Zacchaeus. First of all, he sees him. I don't miss that. That in itself is a big thing for Zacchaeus. Someone who knows what it's like to be pushed to the margins, stigmatised. Someone who finds it hard to fit in, often unnoticed, unseen, feared. Avoid it. Jesus sees him. Jesus gazes right at him. And he addresses him directly. Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Yes, your house. Can you imagine how this made Zacchaeus feel? Jesus interrupts his journey for him. Right from the beginning he gives this man status, self-esteem, dignity, before engaging in any other conversation. Zacchaeus, I must stay at your house today. There's something very special about Jesus giving this man the opportunity to receive Jesus as his guest 
in his own house, at his own table. For those of us isolated at the moment, I wonder, do you think as you sit down to your evening meal of Jesus, right there as your guest, there with you, enjoying your presence as you eat together? Jesus values Zacchaeus in a way that the crowd, the community, has not. The community who judged him, stigmatised him, gossiped about him, shut him out. Here is somebody who now is valued. And somebody who has something to give. Jesus restores this man's worth. He values him. And by asking his help, he gives him an opportunity to serve, a job to do and trust. Zacchaeus is brought instantly from a place of exclusion to a place of embrace. And look at the transforming effect this has on Zacchaeus. He stood up and said to Jesus, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Today, Salvation has come to this house, Jesus said. Not just that, but Zacchaeus is restored to his community, rethinking his own value to that community. This man too is a son of Abraham, Jesus affirms before all the crowd. What can we learn from Jesus as we think about those struggling with the stigma of mental health? Those who feel that they too perhaps are isolated, judged, stigmatised, maybe even worthless, useless, incapable of contributing anything. How can we, like Jesus, help everyone to feel the value and recognition and dignity and hope and trust that God gives every one of us? Let's not write other people off or write ourselves off as being of no value to our community, to our church, to our God. Just because they are, we are dealing at this time with mental health issues. Every one of us is of immense value to God. And so as Christians, as church, it's our responsibility to see beyond the stigma, to challenge stigma in order to, to genuinely care for those who are currently, currently suffering from mental illness. And we're not just asked to do that, but we're also asked to see the unity of the body as a whole. A unity that Paul reflects on in 1 Corinthians 12, 26, when he says, If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honoured, all rejoice together. So here again, those affirming words of Jesus. This man too is a son of Abraham. This woman too is a daughter of Abraham. Amen. Let us now come before God with our prayers for one another and our prayers for our world. Let us pray. Lord, open my eyes to those who I would pre prefer not to see. Open my life 
to those I would prefer not to know. Open my heart to those I would prefer not to love. And so open my eyes to see where I exclude you. Lord, this week we remember an election happening in the United States and its significance not just for domestic politics and economy, but its significance around the world. Lord, help those footing this week to rise above the crowd, to see openly and honestly, and to seek to see where they might most see Jesus in this election. We pray for peace on the streets throughout the period of voting and counting, right through to victory declaration and beyond. We pray for gracious acceptance of the democratic will of the people. We pray too this week for our own UK government as they face very difficult decisions about whether to implement another full lockdown. Lord, give them wisdom, give courage where courage is needed. And we pray that any measures put in place will be effective and followed. Lord, as we become weary of restrictions on our freedoms and feel more and more the pressure on our economy and also on our hospital staff and resources, help us not to become weary in doing good. Give us new motivation and selfless caring for one another and keep us united against the evil of this virus. Lord, every day we are aware of how we need to balance life's stresses with the emotional and spiritual resources available to us. Help us at this time to look after our mental health as well as our spiritual and physical health. We thank you that you see us and value us as whole people interested in every part of our well-being. And so we pray for those for whom it's especially difficult to stay well mentally, for whom it takes extra effort, for those who are emotionally exhausted or anxious at this time. Lord, come alongside them, restore their dignity and hope, Where medical treatment is needed, help them to get the attention that they need. Remind them of their value to you and to others. Help us to care by showing your love and by reaching out. Lord, be with all of those at this time who are sick and those who are mourning. Bring your comfort and your healing and the reassurance of your loving presence right with them. We pray, Lord, for all of those affected by the earthquake in Turkey and Greece on Friday. Comfort all of those who've lost loved ones. Help those who are injured. We pray that you would continue to help and resource those involved in all of the the rescue efforts that anybody still trapped in rubble will be rescued in the coming days. Lord, hear our prayers as we pray in Christ's name. Amen. And now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy 
to the only God, our Saviour, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion and authority before all time and now and forever. And the blessing of God, Almighty Father, Son and Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you this day and forevermore. Amen.